Everybody, if you've got a Bible, would you turn with me to Mark chapter 2, please? And uh, we're going to just read a very famous story, but I want you to notice something that you might not have seen. Okay, let me talk to all the Christians here who know the Bible. Raise your hand if you know the Bible. Oh, yeah, some of you are confident, some of you are going, mm, maybe not, maybe this, yes. Some of you are saying, I'm not going to say. Now, I don't want to catch you out. Now, do you, do you remember the story of the paralytic who got healed? You know, they took him up on the roof and laid it, you know, lowered him down. Do you, do you does anybody know that story? Wave at me if you know that, because I think there's some Christians how many people carried or took the, took the paralytic? Everybody saying four? Everybody saying four? Okay. Four going once, going twice. Anybody want to say, hang on a minute, Pastor Mark? Now you see you don't know now, do you? Come on. Okay, let's read the story, shall we? You're right, the four, there were four people carrying him, but I want to show you something. Are you going to ro- watch with me in the Bible? Okay, so you'll need a Bible. Mark chapter 2 says this, A few days later, well, a few days later was after Jesus had healed so many people that he had to spend some time in lonely places because he told them not to say anything and... Uh, It just had banished him from town. So a few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come. They gathered in such large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door, and he preached the word to them. Verse 3. Everybody eyeballing verse verse 3? Are you there with me in verse 3? Make sure you're there, okay? Because this is what it says. Some men came bringing him a bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Some men carried by four of them. Four were carrying, but there was a bigger group. Do you follow that? Do you hear that? Some of you are going, huh? (laughs) Some men, we don't know how many, there was a group of them that said, we need to make sure this need gets healed, and four of them had the responsibility of carrying the man, but there's a bigger group that brought him along. How many of you ever heard that before? Okay, everybody. Why did you say four then, just before I'd said? Trying to teach you something really important here. I'm going to just teach you four quick things from this story. But the first thing is, that some people will have a focused responsibility and carry the person. Other people will have a supportive responsibility and surround the person. 
And you've got to be a, a sort of person that says, you know what, that may not be, I may not have the full responsibility of carrying that, but I will pray into it. I will stand with them in prayer. I will support you know, it's really important that even when sometimes you don't have a need that uh, is... Uh, good evening, guys. Welcome. Nice to have you here. Really appreciate you just coming in tonight. Really great to see you. Uh, you know, um, you may not have the focus need, but you can support. You can help the carriers who are carrying by you surrounding them with your enthusiasm, your love, your support, your prayer. Sometimes, some people, they are carrying something. They need you to support. They need you to say, you know what? I'm praying for you. I'm cheering for you. I, I'm saying, you know, we're with you. I wonder if there's anybody in your life who you say, you know what, I'm not carrying that, but I'm supporting you. You may even, by the end of this meeting, text somebody and say, I'm not carrying what you're carrying, but I'm supporting you in what you're carrying. Can I hear an amen from somebody? It's a really important principle. You see, I wonder how many of you uh, have understood that the actual, the church is, is protected by your supportive prayers. You may not be carrying everything in the church, but do you pray into it? Do you pray into it for our church? Do you begin to say, you know what, Lord, I don't know everything that's going on in our church, but I'm praying for our church. I may not be carrying some things in our church, but I'm praying for our church. I'm making sure that my prayers, my support, the things that I need to carry, I'm going to be supportive of that. Can you be, if you're not the star striker, can you be the supportive player? Amen? That's principle number one from this story. They wasn't just brought by four friends. They did the focus carrying. The crowd was bigger than that, or the friendship group was bigger than that. Who are you supporting? Who are you supporting? You see it in football, don't you? Now, some of you hate football, so I won't stay on football. But you see it in football that when the crowd really get going behind their team, it adds energy to them. It's the same in prayer. Can you get behind some people and support them? Shall we carry on reading? We're in verse 3. Some men came bringing to him a paralyzed man carried by four of them. Since they could not get to him, uh, to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and then lowered the mat that the man was lying on. Some people have one knockback and think they can't get to Jesus another way. And they stay in the excuse, oh, well, this didn't happen, so Jesus won't answer. 
Because what they've done is they've said, unless Jesus answers this way, it won't happen. I'm just wondering, if you've got a need in your life that's gone on for a while, and you're standing outside thinking, Jesus can't answer this because it hasn't happened the way that I think. These four friends, I don't know what the conversation was, but they were so committed to getting this need met that they said, it's not going to happen this way, but I think it can happen this way. I wonder if you're stuck saying, well, it's not going to happen because it hasn't happened in the way that I want it or think that it should happen. I don't know uh, how it all works as far as climbing on a roof and digging through the roof and all of that and what sort of spectacle that was, but it does take sometimes faith to do something a different way. The first point that I was trying to teach you tonight is that can you be a supportive person even though you're not the focused carrier? The second thing that I'm trying to teach you tonight is some people get stuck in unanswered prayer because it hasn't been answered the way that they think it should be answered. Have you got a long-term prayer in your life? Have you got something that you think, you know what, God, you haven't answered this? I wonder if you could say to the Lord, God, can you show me how it could come round a different way? Can you show me how it could work a different way? Why don't you just close your eyes just for a moment and just say, God, I need revelation tonight. I wonder which one of the four friends said, let's go on the roof. Let's go on the roof. Let's do something unusual. Should we carry on listening to the, the story? They dig in through the, and lowered the guy down on the mat. And verse 5. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now, do you think that any of those four friends and any of the uh, people who were supportive and the larger group of men, do you think for one minute that they said, let's take this man to Jesus because he needs his sins healing. I don't think they thought that at all. I think they thought to themselves, he's paralyzed, this man does miracles, he can heal his body. And Jesus does not heal his body first. Pastor Scott and I were talking just before service, and Scott made the excellent point that there are times when Jesus needs to deal with your spiritual condition before he can ever, or as he's dealing with your physical condition. That actually there's a spiritual need to be met. Have you been asking God for something, and yet you've been ignoring the fact that he wants to heal you spiritually Here's the third thing I want to teach you tonight, if you'd allow me to. 
Could you, could you let me in your hearts? You know, Paul, Paul said that, you know, he said to the Corinthians, open up your hearts to me. Could you, I don't know whether we've met before or whether I'm new to you, but could you just kind of say, you know what, this guy seems all right. I'm going to let his teaching into my heart because it's from the scripture. Here's the third thing. Jesus always does more than you ask him for. He always does more than you think the need is. They were asking for a physical healing, and Jesus deals with their spiritual condition first. I don't know what you're asking for tonight, but Jesus is not only going to answer that, he's going to answer lots of other things as well. It's a different sermon, and I'm not going to preach it, but I have a little message that is revealed to me about Moses that actually everybody thinks that Moses couldn't speak well. But if you read the book of Acts, chapter 7, verse 22, it says before Moses had the burning bush experience, before Moses went into the wilderness, that he was powerful in speech. And when Moses was called, Moses said, I can't speak. When you're called and when God wants to work on your life, he often reveals other needs that you didn't think you had. And he begins to deal with them. Everybody looked at this man and said, his biggest need is that he's paralyzed. Jesus looked at him and says, his biggest need is he needs his sins forgiven. Or his first need is. Because he's very compassionate about the rest. Tonight, you may be here, and you might have needs that you say, oh, if only I had more money, or if only I had a girlfriend, or if only I had a, a husband, or if only I had a new car, if only I had a new job. And actually, Jesus all along is saying, actually, your real need is, I need to forgive you of this. I need to set you free of this. I wonder if you tonight, in this prayer meeting, could say, God... Would you scrape through all what I think and get down to my real needs? Would you lift your hand with me just right now? Because I'm kind of preaching, but we're also praying. And would you ask God, touch my, touch my real need? Lord, I've lifted my hand because he's asked me to, and I'm just joining in. But actually, right now, Lord, look at my heart and begin to deal with what's really going on. Holy Spirit, as we come into land about this service, I pray that you'll begin to reveal to people what Jesus really wants to touch. Holy Spirit, do it. Do it now. In a few minutes... I'm going to ask you if you've got any physical problems. We're actually going to come and pray for you tonight that you would be healed physically, that God would release you and completely release you. Let's carry on with the story. But point four 
is, I think there's a very beautiful phrase at the end of this story. We're here from verse 6. Now, some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Well, we know Jesus was God in a body. God in a bod. Immediately, Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, why are you thinking such things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, or to say, get up and take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. You know, Jesus knows what you're thinking, by the way. When you speak inside yourself, he hears it. Now, that's not spooky, because when somebody loves you like Jesus loves you, even when you think your worst thoughts, he's thinking, how can I heal that? He knows exactly what you're thinking. He knows what you're thinking right now. He can hear your heart. He knows your deepest longings. He knows your uncharitable thoughts. He knows your mistaken ideas. And he begins to reveal their mistaken ideas here. But then he says, so he said to the man, I tell you, get up. Be resurrected. Get up. Take your mat. Listen to this. And go home. I wonder what home was like for that man. I wonder how many years his mom and his dad would have had to carry him to wash him. I wonder how many times they would have had to go and get food and help feed him. I wonder what home was like when the other brother of this man was out playing football or, well, I don't know what they did in the New Testament. Was it like, I don't know, kicking a goat sack around or something? I don't know what it was. But I wonder what home was like. I wonder if you're not at home. I wonder if you're away from your spiritual home. I wonder if home to you is somewhere where you're crippled and you're vulnerable and you're the weak one. And everybody has to do things for you. Can you imagine, just imagine with me, for a moment, that when this man gets up, in fact, let's finish the story. So he got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. You know, sometimes when I ask you to do a freedom walk and come to the front, it's not to embarrass you. It's because sometimes freedom is about saying to everybody, I want it. This amazed, 
This, this amazed everyone, and they praised God. We have never seen anything like this. Can you imagine? He stands up, takes up his mat, and walks home. And when he walks through the door, what mom, dad, brothers, grandparents, aunties, and uncles thought, when the man who was weak suddenly comes back and returns, and he now can make his value and his contribution all over again. The first thing that I wanted to just share with you tonight was, can you be a supportive person? That even if you're not carrying the whole load, can you support and pray into things? The second thing that I wanted to just share with you tonight is don't use an excuse that Jesus didn't answer it the way that you wanted to so it can't be answered. Go another way and ask for revelation. The third thing that I wanted to just share with you tonight and see if I could place it in your spirit was that Jesus always does more than you ask, and he does the real need in your life. What's the real need? But tonight, the last thing that I want you to just deposit in your hearts is just simply this. Jesus wants to restore you to your home to where you belong, to who you really are, to where your place of love and security is. And some of you tonight, you're away from your real home. You need to understand that God's calling you home, that He's saying, your real identity is in me. That everything that you want to do in your life, even as a Christian, you've got to come home to Jesus and make him your security. And it's from there that he will bless you and use you. Are you trying to force your life into somebody else's picture? Come home to Jesus. And I'm actually talking to those people who might not yet be Christians tonight. I'm talking to people who might be Christians, but you're living a life that's not for you. You're living in comparison. You're living in striving. You're living in spiritual crippledness. Come home to your gifts to who Jesus wants you to be. Four little lessons about prayer. Come home. So tonight, if you're here and you're not sure about church or you've fallen out with the church, you love Jesus but you hate the church, or you're not sure about God and you're kind of a spiritual person, tonight I want to say to you, come home. Pick up your mat, 
the thing you've been lying in for years. Pick that up. Roll that up. Lose it. Come home.